Hello and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak with Pablo Orozco Castro, who is a bilingual mental health clinician with Encompass Community Services. Good morning, Pablo. Good morning. Thank you, Patrick, for having me on the show. Oh, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Yes, we're very grateful to have you. Pablo, do you mind giving us some background on your career journey? Yeah, I don't know where to begin. So I grew up in a in Berkeley, and I came from a a musical background. My father is a professional musician, and my mother is a was a is a retired elementary school teacher. And so growing up, I was exposed to both both of these worlds. My parents fought for bilingual education in the '90s, and have been you know really really advocating for for immigrants' rights. I was exposed to this political consciousness that at an early age. So I'd go to high school and I'm exposed to all kinds of literature on social justice related issues and existentialism, which is one of my favorite philosophies. So then I'm like, well, let me try some, you know, psychology courses in, in high school. And then got accepted to UCSC, I studied psychology and ended up really loving it. And then in, in 2016, I decided to uh, go to graduate school at uh, Columbia University School of Social Work my MSW and uh, start uh, applying my skills to clinical practice and uh, social justice. And so how long have you been with Encompass? I first started working with Encompass in 2014 as a preschool teacher with Head Start. And I would actually go to homes, families' homes, and I saw the, you know, the living conditions of folks living in Santa Cruz County. You know, some were you know, more, more well-off, some were more, more stable, and some, you know, folks were really struggling. And that's when I realized we need to do something about this in Santa Cruz County. And I wanted, I saw like a lot of uh, mental health barriers for families. I saw a lot of resource, resource uh, inadequate resource distribution of resources as well in the county. And I, um, as, as much as I really enjoyed working with the, the individual families, I really like, I feel like I connected more with with youth and, and their issues and their voices. And I felt that while prevention is really important to me in terms of uh, working, working in the preventative aspect, it's like, what do we do with, with the youth that, have already gone, that are already going through these, these issues as well? And so that, I think that's where my heart led me to doing clinical work um, and mental health work. Okay. And so what are your main duties and responsibilities, I guess, just if you'd mind just briefly describing, yeah, what those are, like on the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, so I work for now for a program called Forte Wrap, and we do, we provide wraparound services. And basically what that means is we take a holistic approach to the family system. So if there's any barriers to transportation, we try to help them look for resources on transportation, housing as well, connect them to resources on housing in the county education where we talk to their teachers, we talk to their 
mental health providers, uh, other mental health providers that have worked with them in the past. Um, and so really trying to identify where are the systemic barriers to them from the family from, uh, to, from, to advancing. I also do the clinical work, which is the mental health counseling individually and also with the families as well. So some of the models that, you know, that I've used are cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, I'm going to be learning a little bit about eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, doing a training, formal training on that starting next month in June, which helps to work on some symptoms of trauma. And what age group are you working with? 14 through, through 20. Okay. And have you noticed a spike in maybe a heightened sense of emotional state over the past year with, with everything going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. From rent, bills needing to be paid, rents due, financial stress, occupational stress, immigration-related issues, mental health especially, isolation, depression. It's just the list, the risk really goes on. Yeah. It's, those issues were always there and it's, it's, it's been magnified. Yeah, definitely not surprised. So are you working out of school? Are you working with Sequoia High School? Did I read that right? So I, that was actually my previous position with Encompass. Okay. Um, in 2016, 2016 through 2018, Encompass, decided to collaborate with the Encompass, I'm sorry, with the County Office of Education to develop a wellness center at Sequoia School. So that was my previous, yeah, that was my previous position. And that was a very, very unique experience as, as well. And the wellness center space is basically was a space where, you know, youth could feel, it was youth centered. So youth could, you know, come in, they, they uh, would able to talk about their stressors, get connected to mental health services in a non-threatening kind of way. And Getting to, getting to know each other as well. And so it, it was a lot of different programs that we, little subsets that we incorporated. We incorporated a, men, a mindfulness class. We also um, implemented a, a group where youth could learn about substances and how substances uh, impact your body in a harm reduction kind of model. There was also a social anxiety group where we, we talked about growing up as a teen and what are some things that growing up as a teen is what it's like. What are some of the stressors associated with that growing up? We talked about masculinity. What is masculinity? What is, you know, those kinds of things. I also collaborated with one of my good friends who I went to UCSC with. We happened to actually cross paths and um, her name is Salas Gutierrez and she's with the County Office of Education and we collaborated on the, the youth uh, harm reduction group as well as she, uh, her position at the time um, was restorative justice coordinator. So through her mentorship, I learned a lot about what restorative justice is, what, um, how do you implement them in a school setting. So when a youth harms another youth or harms a teacher or something like that, how do we have conversations that uh, we can identify what was the issue how, and how can we resolve the issue moving forward and come up with some agreements. And so we did that and I learned how to uh, do that in, a, in these conflict settings, but also in a classroom setting where I facilitated these groups as well. And so had like a certain topic, you know, like let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about culture today, or let's talk about uh, what's, what's on the media, or let's talk about something that's impacting our community. And, and to lighthearted topics like, oh, what are we doing this summer, you know? 
for ourselves in the future. So Pablo, it sounds like you were teaching a class kind of around mindfulness, you said, and I think that's really great. Uh, a friend recommended a book recently. It's called Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. It's kind of a, a mindfulness meditation book that really helped me and you know, staying present, I guess, during kind of a tough time this past year with so much going on. And so after you graduated UCSC with your degree in psychology, did you then go after it? Did you then obtain a teaching credentials so you could teach at Sequoia? I did not get a teaching credential at all, actually. I got my MSW instead. And with my background in, in facilitating mindfulness groups, you know, that's how I got my, my experience. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't do exactly classroom, classroom instruction. My background was more in the mental health, mental health piece. I did teach psychoeducation, which is more my background. So psychoeducation can be uh, things from uh, learning about anxiety, learning about depression, learning about, learning about stress, um, the physiological aspects of stress and the physiological aspects of mindfulness and how that helps to regulate our nervous system. So stuff, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And you were talking about that you, I think you said that your father was a professional musician. And I was going to ask, do you play music? I do. And I also produce music. Awesome. Well, I just was wondering, that would be something really cool to, to share with the students, right? To maybe play music with them as, you know, a form of therapy, like musical therapy. So what I've currently been doing, and I didn't get a chance to do it at Sequoia, but what I'm trying now with, with, with some of my clients in Fuerte is, is doing, I, don't, I haven't termed it yet, but it's like a type of music production therapy where they, they get to, uh, we go, we meet outside typically. Well, I actually did it through Zoom originally. And then, you know, as things started to open up, we started meeting in person. So some, some youth were like, you know, I like a beach. I want to try to like make a, make a, produce a song with, you know, with some beach vibes or like, this is how I'm feeling today. And so we process those difficult feelings for them while we're, while we're producing it. Like what, so this sound reminds you of this time in, in your past, or like, this is what I, I feel like where I'm at right now in my life. And it's a great, interesting talking point as well. Um, that is like, not, that's like non-threatening and it's like not as intense as like having a therapist in a room interrogates you about like how you're feeling, what are you doing? Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in the process, you're also, you're also creating something. And that's what a lot of these youth, I feel like they don't have is like with these traumatic experiences, it's like they've lost, like, they lost a part of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so having, putting something out in the world that they can take ownership of is very healing yeah in my experience so it's 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 a, it's a yeah it's quite exciting i bet and just like you were saying just to have them creating something mm -hmm. i bet is very re rewarding and also like you were talking about the environment that you know getting them outside into the beach that probably just feels so much inviting to maybe open up about things than maybe being inside indoors somewhere right yeah so how do you typically spend most of your days? Are you like in an office inviting students in to talk or are you, is it more like a bigger, uh, like a classroom setting or is it more one-on-one -on -one stuff? It's more one-on-one -on -one stuff. And okay. we have been mainly using Zoom, working from home, me and my coworkers. We do go into the office, but there are, 
whenever we have an opportunity to meet out in the community, we do we do try to 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 do so um, with the social distancing guidelines as things kind of progress through the pandemic. Yeah, that's kind of how it how it goes. But before before I was I actually joined Forte during the pandemic, so it was quite a interesting time to join to join the team. In March of 20, 2020, I was still working for Sequoia, and that transition was yeah was challenging for the for the students as well and the youth. But it's um, it, before Forte used to meet the families out in the community. They would have we have an office in Freedom, based in Freedom, and we have a therapy room, and so sessions would be sessions would be held there. Okay, and do you mind telling maybe some of our listeners who don't know what Forte means? Yeah, Fuerte means strong in Spanish. I mean, it's a, it's, and so basically what uh, the model is, is that we're, we, uh, the, our families are strong, our communities are strong, and our, and, our mental, and our mental health is strong, which helps keep our community strong. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Did you share with us that Encompass is funded by, in part by the Santa Cruz Board of Education? No. So okay. the program that I was with the Sequoia, with Sequoia, the wellness center program was funded by Kaiser Permanente, actually. Okay. But Encompass gets funds from in all different, it's a nonprofit organization. The, the position actually was a uh, partnership. It was not funded, um, no, not funded by the County Office of Education. Okay. And you guys have different offices throughout the county? Encompass has offices all throughout the county, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you mind telling us more about Encompass? Like how long they've been around? So originally it used to be the Santa Cruz Community Counseling Center. Um, and that was in the, in the 2000s. I can't really speak to the history exactly of, of Encompass. That would definitely be more of a question for one of uh, their, their higher ups. So then in, in 2000, and I wanna say 2015, no, 2014 or 15. That's when income, uh, the transition was made with the with the name, and that's when I that's when I was hired initially initially with Head Start around that time. So that's when that shift from Santa Cruz Community Counseling Center to Encompass. What I can share, how, um, though, is that Encompass serves uh, the the whole the whole basically the whole county for everything from substance use services for youth to adults to uh, Forte, which works. We work with youth on probation. We also have a counseling program, school-based counseling uh, program, an outpatient mental health counseling program for youth. It's a yeah, it's mostly 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 counseling. Then we have the Head Start, which is a completely different um, you know program as well. And um, Families Together is another program part of part of that branch, which works with families that are CPS involved, Child Protective Services. Oh, that is so awesome! You guys are doing so much good work out there helping a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would you say, what are some of the skills that you use in your career? Oh man, I think the better question is what skills don't I use in my <laughs> right? daily life? <laughs> um, yeah, um, I would say the skills that I use are, are a, lot of, a lot of delegation skills, a lot of advocacy skills on behalf of our families, a lot of listening skills, a lot of reflecting back, especially in counseling, those are important skills to have. But more than anything, is definitely the advocacy because you have to really you have to you have to go into this experience with an open mind and a a big big open heart and a lot of you know a lot of patience and also a lot of yeah just basically a a big open mind 
yeah. because there's a lot of injustices happening in the world and they 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 are happening they are they are happening in our backyard and so that's why we have to help help the families to voice what their experiences are so yeah. that they can they they can have a brighter and better future well for not for just them but for all of santa cruz county as well yeah that's beautiful and i totally agree and those are great skills to have and to work on too and for students listening, what kind of person do you think would enjoy this job? I would say anybody, anybody who loves help, helping people and anybody who is particularly drawn to social justice oriented related issues, somebody who, um, who likes helping, well, yeah, help, helping people and also able, someone who really likes using problem solving skills because you work, you come across a lot of complex issues that families and, and individuals experience on a day-to-day -day basis and trying to work towards solutions, identifying resources in the community to uh, assist them in, in those ways. And sometimes, you know, the, it's, it's like, uh, it's like um, putting this, like a squeaky, uh, putting oil on a squeaky wheel. Sometimes we have to identify where the, when the systems are not working and to support the you know the family systems the social services as, as well like those types of systems everything is a system around us and mm -hmm. so it's just all about making making them more efficient yeah and i'm sure some of those are more complicated than others you know trying to navigate right. all of that that's right yeah and for those who are just tuning in you're listening to the what to be show on ksqd santa cruz 90.7 fm i'm patrick hart and i'm speaking with pablo Orozco Castro, who's a bilingual mental health clinician with Encompass Community Services of Santa Cruz County. And is that, are you, is Encompass just in Santa Cruz County, Pablo? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I would imagine maybe there's similar services in like our neighboring counties like Monterey and perhaps like Santa Clara too. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Pablo, are you, is your job a 40 hour a week job? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, your, your workflow has not changed. If anything, I would imagine it's probably gotten, there's a more of a maybe need for what you do with, you know, so much just going on in the past year. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it, it seems like, you know, maybe we might be working from home and, and such for more than normal, but things have gotten a lot busier because there's more barriers and access to services. Mm -hmm. you know, some families still have, to, still have to work and go in person. And, and some of us are privileged to, enough to work from home. Yeah, that's true. Do you think that some people maybe don't put enough emphasis on taking care of themselves, you know, self-care and taking care of their mental health, that it becomes perhaps secondary and maybe they're just trying to survive, which is understandable, like going to work and taking care of, you know, maybe family or whatever. And do you have any advice for people who who maybe aren't taking care of themselves with their you know, self-care as much as they should or services that they could reach out to? Yeah, that's a, that's, a really good, that's a really good point. I would say cultivating any type of practice, any type of self-care activity, whatever something that you're passionate about, making sure that you have some structure and developing, de developing that structure for yourself either throughout your day, throughout your week, because that time is, is sacred and it should be sacred for you so that you can take care of yourself and your, and, and, and your family. Because if you help yourself, you're helping, you're helping your family system, you're helping the, also the community, community at large. 
I hope that I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I feel like I could go into more, but no, I mean you're you're free to elaborate if you'd like. Mm -hmm. So, like resources to reach out to for immigration services and COVID nineteen um, uh, rental resources. I know that uh, CAB, the Community Action Board of Santa Cruz, has has been been a, been a strong support for the community as as well. Encompass and our Institute of Programs as well, um, youth services, um, the school-based services, Alto Norte, which and Alto, Alto South provide adult health outpatient uh, services for um, individuals who want to learn about, uh, want support around substance use. And there's also, yeah, adult, like I mentioned before, adult outpatient for, uh, for Medi-Cal. We take Medi-Cal insurance and yeah yeah there's there's different kinds of resources out there and and but more importantly the most important probably resources is taking time for ourselves and and really touching base with um with the ones that we love during these hard times and uh and carving out time to spend spend with them when we can whether it's virtually whether it is in person using social distancing measures or doing, yeah, doing some kind of safe social distancing type of interaction and yeah. carving that into our daily routine. Even just a simple phone call to someone, you know, simple can go a long call. way sometimes. Right, right. You know, just Playing an online them... game with someone. Yeah, right. A lot of people are doing that, I've heard. I have some friends who are doing that on Zoom, which I think is, is great, you know, to stay connected. And Pablo, what is a common uh, misconception that people may have about social workers? I think the common misconception is that, oh, social workers are, they only work for child protective services. They only take, you know, families, they separate families. But that's a very common misconception because social workers work in schools. They work in uh, all kinds of settings, um, even, even businesses. I had, I had a friend who graduated grad school and, and worked for um, a law firm um, for a while doing diversity and inclusion work. In New York City, but yeah, I think that's the most common common misconception is that social workers are only n narrowly defined by one one area, one area. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Pablo. What did you find most surprising about your job before your, you started? I think the most surprising thing I found is how how compassionate people can be and open. I feel like, you know, especially over the past couple of years, it's been hard to conceptualize that that people are open to new experiences or open to, I don't know exactly how to articulate it um, without going into politics, mm -hmm. but that people are 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 compassionate and um, and resilient as well, um, that we all have a capacity to to bounce back from adversity and hardships and that we all have our own kind of hidden skills and hidden talents that we either sometimes we get distracted or lose track or we just haven't even found our you know our our, our talent or our skills and i think that has been the most i wouldn't say surprising but the most amazing thing about it yeah that's cool and i agree with you that i think that sometimes when people are faced with adversity they find skills that they otherwise never knew they had and that so much growth can come from that too right 
Pablo, what advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a, a career as a social worker? I would say if you're a student, definitely utilize your career counselor or career counseling center if your school has one. Um, I know that UCSC has one and they helped me tremendously with my journey as well, um, taking workshops, asking, well, I, I, th I would say another resource is, I think everybody can benefit from therapy. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe even trying out therapy and where you're at in life, even if you feel like, yeah, I don't need, I don't think I need therapy in this time in my life, but even just trying it out and see what you, what you, you feel like, what it's like. I would say another resource is on Instagram. I really like the radical social work group where there's a lot of, um, it's, it, it's, in a, it's really intersectional, um, meaning that it, it, it's, uh, it really pushes social workers to think about uh, the overlapping isms, like sexism, racism, um, classism, uh, uh, and, and really tries to propel our work. That was, that's one of, been one of my favorite resources. They're based in New York City. The, uh, the other resources I would say are yourself and seeing what, 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 is my, what, is my, what is my real passion in? Is it helping, helping other people? Is it uh, working on an, uh, a completely new project or piece of technology? Um, what are our own internal resources that we, that we have? And, and externally, what, what are at our disposal as well? You know, friends or family um, that, can, that, we can, that, can, um, that can help support us and propel us um, in, into the future. There's various schools of social work where you can get you can get an MSW. There's San Jose State. There's CSUMB. Unfortunately, UCSC does not have an MSW program, and I hope I hope that changes at some point. That'd be wonderful. I would say Dr. Arinette White has been one of my biggest um, influences in terms of also pursuing my MSW. Her research is phenomenal. Um, she she unfortunately passed away in 2012 but she was a, a mentor of mine at UCSC. Her research is on intersectional feminism, psychology. I would say also, I mean, Abraham Maslow, learning about hierarchy of needs, that's an important resource to note, like especially going into social work practice. Carl Rogers has also been one of my uh, favorite humanistic uh, humanist uh, psychologists as well. And I was introduced to him by Professor Ralph Quinn at UCSC. He's, all, he's also a really uh, cool resource as well, um, checking out his, his uh, classes at UCSC. Okay. What advice would you give to someone who is unsure about their career path? I would say for somebody who's unsure about their career path, what do you spend most of your time doing or, or, or thinking about? And I think from there, like you can identify like, ah, I could really do, I could really make a, a living doing what I, I love doing. And that's what I spend most of my time doing or, or, uh, or thinking about. I would say, tap, like I said, tapping into resources um, internally um, or externally. Like, what, who do I have in my life that could be a big support for me in this, in this career path I would like to pursue? Um, and because that's, that support is also really important. There's also... As a, there's also a really high burnout rate in, in social work, uh, basically meaning that like social workers come in and out of the field because it's, so, it's such, such stressful work. And if you don't have that own, your own social support, even going into a field that maybe you don't even know or have any other so, so support, that can, that can be stressful. 
that can be really stressful. Um, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. And it's also important to utilize your social resources. Maybe you have a friend that's in the field that you might be interested in and want to learn about that. So tapping into that, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, that is great advice. Thank you. And agreed, you know, to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And Pablo, is there any last things you would like to leave us with? I would say just for, 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 for listeners, follow your passion, follow your, follow your dreams, and let's, let's work on making a, this, this world a better place together. Oh, that's beautiful. Pablo, thank you so much for all the great work that you're doing and all the help that you're giving. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Patrick, for having yeah. me on the show. And yes, thank you very much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. And, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Pablo Orozco Castro, who's a bilingual mental health clinician with Encompass Community Services. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM, KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can find us on most major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at YFIOB to find out more information about your future as our business. Thank you very much and see you next time.